everyone. Um, welcome to the first episode of the podcast, uh, the Let's Talk podcast. Um, hopefully I won't have to record these intros uh, for every episode, but because me and Kyle are so new to this, <laughs> uh, yeah, we forgot to do a lot of stuff, so we didn't really introduce the guests, so um, the guest you're about to hear is Veronica Everhart. Uh, she's a new artist really like her new stuff uh, she doesn't have a lot of music out at the moment but definitely worth checking out um, we recorded this about three months ago we didn't have really good equipment uh, we still don't but uh, hopefully that doesn't take you out of it too much um, we also weren't able to record her audio with ours uh, still trying to figure that out so uh, hopefully there's not much of a delay, because I had to do some editing, yeah, yeah, bullshit, whatever. That's not what you're here for. Okay, anyways, um, hope you enjoy. We had a lot of fun talking to her. Um, yeah, here's the first episode. Okay, I'm recording myself. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Veronica Everhart. Hello. Um, this is a podcast. I don't know what this podcast is called. This, this is, is podcast. The Let's Talk podcast. It's, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. I just. <laughs> this is the Let's Talk podcast. Yeah, it is. Veronica Everhart. Okay. Should I do it again? Uh, episode <laughs> three, I guess. Oh, no, we're, we're an episode. An episode. Uh, we don't want to date it. No, we're not dating it. It's just why it's not? Just, just an episode. It's an episode. We okay. don't know when we're gonna release it, and or yeah, we do. Or at least I do. Things change. I guess. Because <laughs> if we release this at, now, think of it. If you release this as the third one, yeah, and we're talking like this, yeah. It should be the first one, because we're... S- well, it, it can't be the first one. It definitely can. I mean, it can, but it wouldn't, uh... It wouldn't benefit Veronica here. Who is going to be the first one? If we release this one. Uh, JW. Yeah. I saw him live. JW yeah. Francis. Yeah, he us too. Oh, shit. He was great. He was fantastic. He was He was great. My... We, I was kind of sad, though, when we saw him, because... Because he's just the opener. Well, he was just the opener, also, but also we kind of messed up, because Mark bought merch, and we didn't have a place to, like, put the merch, and we didn't want to just hold it, so we kind of... <laughs> there was, like, a bar area we were sitting in for, like, a good portion of the set, and so we weren't, like, right next to... The, we were still, like... It was a smaller room, but we weren't, like, right up in front of the stage when we could have been the entire time. So we kind of missed out on a little bit. He, but it was still amazing. He was like the headliner for. Um, I saw him in Brooklyn last year, and he was the headliner for this show. But like two of my all-time favorite bands, um, Kolajanka and Babe Hoven, opened for him. 
So I was like, this lineup's already stacked. And then he was just like, at least the cherry on top for me. Because I had no idea who he was. Um, So I was like, Mm -hmm. I get to see a cool band. And also like these two very influential artists for me. So that was a nice night. And what were those artists? Babe Babe Hoven. Like like Beethoven, but Babe. (laughs) And then... uh, That's a good name. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. They're really awesome. Um... Like, kind of folk, I would say, folk-centered. And then um, Kolajanka. I could send you um, how to spell that, but I guess this is a podcast. Yeah, please do. Um, but, okay. yeah, so Christine is actually from Arizona also, um, who is the head of that um, band. So it's pretty nice to see. Uh, now she lives in Brooklyn, so it's a nice gives me hope for myself to live there um because i would like to live in new york pretty bad so yeah oh for real yeah um that's kind of why i'm out here is to live in the new york metropolitan area um i'm like a 30 minute bus ride away from the city so it's pretty nice to be able to play shows there um and then also potentially live there or work there or something um still trying to figure that out but I definitely would like to live on the East Coast. East Coast. I've never been. We've yeah, never been. We've never been, but I don't know. More of a West Side guy myself. I highly recommend. Oh. It's like I've always been in love with this part of the country for some reason. My dad's from upstate New York, which is probably pretty similar to like where you guys live. Like that almost Canada forest area um mm-hmm. so but like if you guys have that on that side of the country then it doesn't really make sense to come to the other side because you still have major cities around you um I've... yeah but i mean yeah. seattle's not really like new it, york or yeah anything. yeah it's a different well like it is it's a city for yes. sure it's but... a big city but it's also spread out in just a different way than new york new york's just been there for so long oh yeah yeah in comparison to seattle Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely like it'd be cool to see the island it's worth the visit yeah for sure oh for sure yeah definitely on the bucket list there yeah so oh were you gonna say something no okay i guess we can just dive into music stuff yeah i guess i don't know i don't know how to do this we're just gonna okay You're rolling your eyes at me, Kyle. Okay. Okay, one question. <laughs> sure. About the, we talked about names or like Babe Tovin. Or how do, am I saying Babe Tovin? Right? No T. So just Babe Hoven. Babe Hoven? Yes. Okay, Babe Hoven. Same with your name, Veronica Aberhart. Is, it, is that your actual name? Or is that your stage So name? my real name is Veronica Fedry, but I don't think Fedry is like that cool like it's like the only i'm apparently the only veronica fedry in the world but that's like a lame like there's not really a lot of branding opportunities there so it doesn't roll off the tongue as smooth as ever no (laughs) um so yeah i remember like i think my mom was like reading a book to me when i was little and it's this book called hoot i don't know who it's by i forget but it's a it's a story I don't know, about, like, burrowing owls. Not important. But the main character's name was something like Jack Eberhard 
or something. But like while my mom was reading this book to me, she I thought she said Everhart. So I was like, I'm super into that last name. And then I kind of like, I wrote a lot when I was little, um, just like fictitious stories. And I would use a pen name like Jacqueline Everhart. So when I became a full-fledged musician, I was like, I don't need to have a fake first name. The last name could just be Everhart. And there it is. That's actually... That's a cool story, all right? Thank it's, you. Like, it's wholesome. It's really wholesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, Mark first told me about you and sent me your name, my initial reaction was that you were a character out of a J.K. Rowling oh, uh, novel. Like, you sound like a wizard. No. That was my immediate reaction. Someone said I sounded like a an anime character. So the J.K. Rowling thing well, isn't as bad as that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's the Violet Evergarden. Oh, what? Um, it's it's a movie, and uh, I was trying to find your music, and I couldn't remember your exact name, and it just Violet Evergarden like popped in my head because it's <laughs> semi-similar. I've never. And that's what I typed into Spotify. <laughs> At Spotify, and I'm like, this is. There's no way this is the artist Mark told me to listen to. No. Because it was just like the soundtrack from this movie i guess yeah, I'm yeah. Not sure exactly. i now need to watch i feel like i need to watch that movie now i've never heard of that before it's actually i haven't seen it either um it's highly rated at least and it's very it's uh well known for its actual like animation style it's very it's just pretty. Huh. okay it's very well done well i'll keep that in mind is it a miyazaki no i think well i think it got adapted it's a movie and an actual like series oh okay um, they, they did it twice just because they can. Just because they can. adaptations of it. But anyway, that's a really cool story about your name. That Thank cool. you. That's <laughs> more than most. Like, I don't know. Well, some people could just, they think something sounds cool, but yours has an actual backstory of... But, like, you know, like somebody could... No, it just it reminded me of that regular show episode. What regular show episode? There's the episode where he's like, you got to come up with a cool band name or a... You know, like a stage name. And he just looks at two items and he's like, "I'm trash book." Oh yeah, trash book, you know? yeah. Or like the urge. Yeah, it, it's not an empty name, I guess. No, I appreciate that. There's, There's meaning to it. Yeah. yeah, I am terrible at band names, so like, I know a lot of you know, like soccer mommy, like, I personally don't know how I feel about that band name, but like, it's like, oh, like, it is just one person, but they have like, it sounds like a band. Um, but right. I could never come up with something like that. It I've been playing music for so long that, like, when it came to make a band, even with other people, it's like I don't I don't know what to call myself. Um, so <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, because you've been making music since you were really young, right? Yeah. Like you released your first album when you were fifteen. Yeah. I think I started it. writing when I was in middle school, but it wasn't like I didn't have a full band or anything at that point. Um, I was in like a. If you guys know what School of Rock is, it's like the kind of... The Jack Black movie? <laughs> yeah, so, that's the sort of. <laughs> it's like, I wasn't in School of Rock, I was in like a local version of it, but basically it's like a, a music school for like rock kids. So kids that don't want to be necessarily classically trained, but like be able to have the chops of like a rock player. So it's like for any, you know, vocals bass, drums, guitar, um, probably keyboard. Um, and then what they do is they like 
put these like 10 year olds in bands together and then they play like whatever ACDC cover song or something. So I was in one of those essentially. And um, I like showed. Did you guys have a name for that band? We were called like, oh, (laughs) the name was called like Polar Vortex. Oh, that's a band. I I was like really. Polar Vortex. For some reason, I was obsessed with that. I don't know why, but I said that, and I was, like, probably 12, and then, yeah, we just did, like, Damn. the worst covers imaginable. Um, like what? Well, we did, like, I have never been a pop punk fan, so we did, like, Panic at the Disco and Fall Out Boy, Ugh. and then Ugh. I was, like, my favorite band of all time is The Strokes, and I was, like, really still into them yes. when I was at that age, and I was, like, guys, we should totally play Strokes cover. So I got to play that song. Like, I think I played, like, the most generic one. It was, like, Reptilia. But then um, we, for whatever reason, like, ditched that song when we played, like, a couple live shows. And I was just like, this sucks. Like, I have to leave. So I started, like, writing my own stuff. What age were you, what age were you when you started making or did your first live show? Um, my first live show as, like, Veronica Everhart was probably 2017, so I was 15, but then... Fifth, Jesus. Yeah, I, but it was just, like, an acoustic thing, and then before that, I was, like, 10 or 11, like, I... I it, they were, like, you know, silly, like, the school, um, it's called Scottsdale Music Academy in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, and I attribute this man who owns it, his name is John Davis... He's, like, a very generic name for a very not generic person, but he would, like, you know, he would organize little, um, like, we had, like, a hard rock cafe, so he would, like, you know, one in, like, downtown Phoenix, so he would rent it out and then have his students play there, um, just, like, two or three songs. So it wasn't, like, a real live show, but it was still pretty fun. Like, it, it gave you the, I guess, the the butterflies in your stomach type of feel like to prepare you for that in like down the line but yeah yeah that's i mean 10 years old is insane to me to be yeah. like even in like a restaurant like hard rock yeah that's still quite a few people yeah that's not that's not like a small feat for a 10 year old that's impressive. Thank I, mean, I couldn't do that. No. I don't have the stage. <laughs> yeah. How was your, uh, like, stage fright, if you had any, when you started? I thought I was, like, really hot shit when I was, like, 10, before I, like, got depression or something. <laughs> but I, so I was, like, kind of fine then. Um, but then, I guess, like, when I became more of, like, an actual human being, I got a little bit um, insecure or whatever. So, like, I'd be a little bit scared and... Um, it took a while for me to get comfortable playing, um, especially as, like, myself um, and alone by myself playing. So I started off by doing, like, after the whole, like, you know, Scottsdale Music Academy experience, I um, started, like, doing the acoustic stuff, at, like, when I was a teenager. So I kind of, like, got into it through that. Um, got better at performing that way but it was definitely a learning curve um, to go from a full band and you also don't have to put your emotions out on the line because it's like whatever Panic at the Disco song like it doesn't there's not as much um, riding on it for me at least 
Um, cause it's just like, this is a performance, like whatever, we're 10 years old. Like there's not, there's not a lot of expectation to be good. I get that. Yeah. That is, yeah. That's super cool. Uh, I do have a question actually. Um, what was the, uh, the first song you wrote um, that you've released so far? So I took my first album down cause I'm like pretty, like, I think those songs deserve to be like recorded better and like now my voice is a lot more mature whatever but um the first song I ever wrote and released uh was called Tides and that's on my band camp if you guys want to listen to it but I still really like that song and I wrote it when I was 13 um but I was just like I don't know I I don't know what came over me I just wrote it and um I think someone on like Tumblr had was playing a song on like the, like their capo was on like the sixth fret if that means anything but it just makes it sound like very high pitched yeah. whatever and I was like this is cool like I want to write a song with this so I did and I still like it which is cool do you have any plans on releasing it on like Veronica Everhart maybe uh, I think I definitely would like to like fully do it um, I have a lot of songs that I've written so it's kind of like the next project, I don't really know what to do if I'm going to do, like, full-length album or another EP and, like, what songs would be on that and if I should recycle some or, like, I have, I keep writing, I write a lot all the time, so I just don't know what is going to be on there, but I guess I'm comfortable knowing that I have several projects worth of things that I could go back into and rework. Well, that's exciting. Thank you. <laughs> it's also since you can always re-record it too and what did you record it on when you originally made it um there's this like if you guys have ever taken a film class i was in film in high school for a long time and they had these like zoom recorders like they're like field recorders so people in like probably journalism um used to use them a lot or still do but it's like very small like it's like the size of like a guitar pedal or like an iphone and it has like okay. two really nice mics at the end but then it can also be turned into an interface which like can feed information to the computer so then i they also have like microphone inputs it's a really handy device honestly but it's not like the perfect thing for music production obviously but it did the job so i had that from just being involved in film and then I was like, oh, you can convert this to be an interface for your, you know, for your computer and make music with it. And I was like, this is perfect. So I did that. Huh. That's pretty cool. I mean, you know, judging by your music videos, I can tell you're pretty into film. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, your your vibe is so cool. Thank I mean, you. Uh, your latest EP, you know, with the whole baseball jersey and the disco ball. And, it was cool. Yeah, that was. I really liked I it. had the baseball idea because for some reason a part of the song reminds me of like a stadium type, like it just like peaks at like a stadium type feel to me. It sounds like people should be cheering or something, and I was like, it'd be funny to do a baseball video, even though clearly you can see in the video I do not know how to play baseball, <laughs> but. Well, I wasn't going to say it. She she had me run with the bat, and I was like, I don't understand. She's like, the bat is symbolic. And I was like, okay, (laughs) like, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Symbolic. Symbolic. That's funny. Yeah. 
Um, what were your influences? Like, why did you get into music? Um, my uncle was like a really cracked like guitar lead guitarist. Um, he was like huge in the hair metal scene in like L.A. Um, and he to this day is like so fantastic at guitar. And then like my dad is pretty old. He's like seventy one. Um, and I'm I'm twenty, so he like has this whole like. Nineteen sixties to you know he has all like, decades of music under his belt and like plays, I mean he kind of is stuck also in the hair metal phase for some reason I don't know why, but he also <laughs> loves like the sixties, um, which is one of my favorite, decades of music because I think it's so, explosive obviously but, he has like a lot of. Right influence in that um and then my mom obviously does too so um I think like those two influences really like made me want to play guitar um and my dad and my mom both showed me like Joan Jett who was like she was in like the first all-girl rock band to like really make it big in the states um and she didn't like did her own thing and is like really successful and she just became like this I really idolize her and think that she's like super cool so I was like oh I could totally do this and just be like I was like more of a rocker when I was little and then I kind of got softer as I aged but um she definitely like has this like oh I want to scream and like run around on stage kind of energy yeah isn't she, uh, she's on tour right now, right? I think so. My parents actually... With, like, Def Leppard? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm not really a fan of, like, those type... Like, my parents love Def Leppard and, like, not really Motley Crue, but, yeah, they saw Joan Jett. I was kind of upset because I, I like her, but, like, for some reason she gets grouped into this, like, you know, she's, like, part of the older crowd. Yeah, I just, I'm like, yeah. this is not, like... No, like, please don't do this to me. Because it, I saw her at Bike Week one time when I was like 10. And it's like, Bike Week? What is, what is that? Basically, a bunch of like bikers, like motorcyclists, not like, you know, the the bikes that's like motorcycles. Like they like. Skin tight suit. Right yeah, there. like the bandana. <laughs> like, yeah. so literally, like, cloud of. Um, you're driving away from bike week and there was like a cloud of just like cigarette smoke like over wherever they were congregating but yeah I was like oh let's go see Joan Jett at bike week and I was like also 10 at the time and we went there and it was just like 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 I said cigarettes and um like just funny people beer like all over the place and but I still saw her and it was really awesome um and also she's come to my school before like she came to my school and like recent somewhat somewhat recently and like met my professor he was like the oh wow yeah I, so i was like where was i when <laughs> this was happening <laughs> you just missed i know but it. yeah so hopefully she'll come back but nice again this is the that's first fine. episode that's literally <laughs> and i'm super nervous oh man trying to think of so it sounds the, like you were i guess the word for it's more classically trained like just you no. you not classically trained but like you've been learning music throughout your life 
type thing? Yeah, I mean... No, you weren't in, like, a high school band. Not high school band, but, like, you weren't in band in high school. I... Like, you didn't play the trumpet or something. I'm gonna be honest, I really wish I was. Like, I'm going to, uh... I go to William Patterson University in New Jersey. Um, and I chose this school not because... Not only because of the proximity to New York, but also because it has a really great music business program, but they're also one of the best jazz schools in the country. And I am constantly around people that are so, so talented at their instrument. And um, it's like, it honestly amazes me. Um, I'm not like, I didn't know how to read music until like last year when I had to for school. Um, I don't really know. I didn't know a lot about theory. I've only recently started like to do it um, myself and like put the pieces together, which has been helpful for songwriting. But overall, I was just like, I just want to be a songwriter and like a, a lyricist. And I've always loved to write, um, like I said, when I was younger, like stories and stuff. And that started to become songs instead. And like the music thing was kind of almost an afterthought. It was just like I was just doing it for so long. And then I started writing songs. But I was not really as good of a musician as like maybe these other people I go to school with. So it's kind of been like strange. Um, and it, it's definitely pushed me to get better, but it's like, I, my biggest um, thing going for me is not necessarily my technical skill. It's more like my ability to write a song, which I hope will like get me to where I need to go. But it's like, I don't know. I, I don't have this like, desire to really like shred on the guitar like I want to just get my idea across and then like build it from there kind of thing yeah no I see that um do you have any idea where you would like to go with this I mean um like it's what I've been doing for my whole life basically so I it feels like I kind of have no other option which is like why I want to be so involved in the industry, like, even if the performance aspect doesn't work out. But ideally, I would like to get my music to a larger audience and be able to, like, in the perfect world, I would live in a nice little house and um, write music either for myself or for people um, and then go on tour with, like, my project, but also... I wouldn't mind writing for with or for other people because um, like that's like the most fun I have with any of this stuff is uh, creating a song because um, it's like I don't know it's kind of like oh I found this new thing or I did this new thing and you get to share it with people and it's like this whole experience um, and it's something to feel proud of I think it's like if an artist draws a new yeah. picture it's like oh I, I made this new this new picture for everyone to enjoy kind of thing yeah definitely uh, on that topic i mean uh if you like writing so much have you written a, a song for i know your boyfriend is in a band Slug yes <laughs> have you written anything for them um <laughs> sort of like over the pandemic um there is this like my old house had this room where I did a lot of like recording in and it had like a drum set. It was very small and it had a drum set and like all the, you know, every instrument you could want. And, um, I kind of helped, uh, boyfriend Wyatt, um, flesh out some of his songs and he did the same for me, like writing bass lines and stuff. And we kind of worked on each other's 
stuff together, but not in a way that we were writing necessarily. It was more just like adding parts and whatnot. So um, both of us are very, I think, we want to write together, but um, it would probably be something that's more like we want to get in a uh, synthesizer, more electronic stuff and like kind of push the envelope with that. But um, for now, both of us are pretty independent writers. Um, and like we kind of have a fully fleshed out idea of like immediately, it seems like. So it's it's kind of hard to write with two people like that unless like someone is if we had our own project together and it was like separate from like both of our things, like that would probably be ideal. Um, right. Yeah. But it, it's fun. I'm surprised you haven't done that already. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever, do you ever use him or just in general, like the wall to bounce stuff off of like ideas for your songs or like, is he your first go-to person? Um, if you need just advice or just like, hey, listen to this type thing. I definitely have. I I send him like or play him a lot of things. Um, my like one of my best friends. Her name's Adri. She's in this band called Screen Nager. It's like teenager, but it's a screen. Um, okay. She's like also a very very excellent songwriter. Um, definitely one of my favorites, and um, I'll send her my stuff or like. She plays bass for me also in New Jersey, um, which is funny. But yeah, I'll send her stuff. I'll send Wyatt stuff. Um, I don't really, like, I don't think I've ever asked for anyone's, like, opinion. Like, that sounds kind of fucked up, but I'm like, I just show them things and, like, no one really says, like, oh, like, I don't ask for, like, what should be improved on, which I, I think, like, a big takeaway I've learned from Wyatt is, like, after he plays a show, he, like, asks other bands like if they're there like oh how did we sound and um Mm -hmm. he's like you know he gets advice from that um but yeah I don't know I've never been like how do I improve this which I think I I should do that more but yeah (laughs) I mean you sound pretty good thank you I'm not sure if you you need to do that you know the producing aspect of like the EP was definitely interesting and also like people get ideas they'll obviously say them um like my drummer Connor has a lot of ideas um and like just like little things can be adjusted um just to get like another set of ears but the production was definitely interesting because I've never had um another person like have insight on how an album should sound like especially my project so the guy who co-produced it with me um Paul Fergones and also this other guy Jordan Finn they kind of like helped um realize the songs a bit better but the structure was always the same more or less have you met the people that have helped you on your EP through school or just other avenues um Technically, I like had this music production teacher in high school who introduced me to Paul, and um, in school, like I was like, oh, I, I really want to record over winter break, so I kind of, he was kind of the only person I knew in Arizona or like honestly in general that I could reach out to, um, and he did like a really great job, and he brought Jordan on, um, for additional help, and um, I actually have a manager. Um, and he helped me find 
this guy, George Elbrick, to mix the project. So it was kind of like, and school kind of helped me find the manager also because my school was like, oh, you should always post to like all social media, like whatever. LinkedIn was like a huge thing for the last couple of years because of COVID. So like all these music industry people were on LinkedIn and like, I don't think it's as important as it was then, but for the hell of it, I just posted like my sour music video on there. And then my manager, Fred, like reached out to me and he was like, do you need help? Like, I'm like a legitimate, like real person (laughs) that can help you. (laughs) So it's just been kind of strange. Like school, I guess, inadvertently, um, high school and college has inadvertently helped me find the people to make my EP, which I'm pretty thankful for. But yeah. Do you have a, a song that you're most proud of on that new EP? Um, I know that Strawberry Jam is uh, your most popular, but... Yeah, I... I was curious, wait, well, yeah. I think... Sorry. No, you're good. Um, I think my favorite one is probably New Year's Eve 1965, because I wrote that one when I was 14. And then, uh, like, that production yeah. element, it really changed over, like, whatever, how many six years of having that song so when we like it really like brought me to tears when I heard it the first time because I was like wow like this is this thing I wrote when I was just like this weird like child thing and then I really turned it into this like huge production and a lot of people I loved like played on that track um we had like an upright bassist come in uh, my friend Erica she's like so incredible and like played just like some improvised parts on there and it just sounded like very um cathartic in a way like that whole song makes me just feel like oh like this it like kind of ends like a chapter of like my life it feels like it's like oh like I can move past like whatever shit I went through when I was like at that age and um yeah I'm very proud of that one I know a lot of people don't listen to it because it's not as like rock centered but it's pretty like emotional i would say um so well that is my favorite song really (laughs) (laughs) it is yeah that's uh uh yeah i mean you really strawberry jam as a single so that one's great but off of the ep itself i mean that one that one's really good i think like people if cotton static got put on like a, a playlist i think people would also really really like it um I think Strawberry Jam is just, like, funny. Like, it's not really, it's just, like, yeah. um, I think, yeah. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just, like, it's a little, a little tune, but, yeah. Is, is Cotton Static not, like, super, that's, like, one of your best songs. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, <laughs> it's just, like, the politics of um, streaming, but I think, like, organically, that has gotten the most streams um, so far. I just think, like, being put on a playlist, like, a lot of popular playlists like you'll be listened to regardless of like how good the song is if that makes sense and like right now yeah Yeah. I kind of wish I had wanted like pushed Cotton Static more um because I think a lot of people would really like it but it's it exists and one day people will find it I hope so yeah it's it's a great song thank you it's fucking great my my immediate thought when I listened to is this would be excellent live just because oh, yeah. of like the build up throughout the song and just when you're in person there it would 
get the crowd going more, and once, yeah, yeah we, once the song hits, and then everybody in the crowd would be happy. Yeah, <laughs> my EP release show had, like, a lot of my friends obviously were there, and they were like, what song do you want us to mosh to? And I was like, just do, like, Cotton Stack, like, you, you won't even need to, like, <laughs> be prepared to, like, but they, like, went crazy. <laughs> Uh, it was it was kind of shocking. <laughs> Did it right? But yeah, it was it's a fun song. Well, it's a good song. I mean, it's a great AP, EP, man. Thank you. That's all I gotta say. You know. Yeah. Did a great job on it. I hope to to hear more from you. Yeah. Honestly, like a full length album would be great eventually. Yeah, I would definitely want to do that. I just don't know when and where. I guess like because I I'm kind of stuck in these like two opposite sides of the world right now so or country rather but it's like i think it's definitely giving me a a different perspective than maybe some people have um so yeah yeah since you're going to school how does that affect your writing i'm assuming they definitely want you to just in general as a student in a music major to do what you want yeah on that end of it but there's also you have to go to school and classes and homework it's pretty tough along that line um the my biggest i think handicap is being at school is not like it's like being in this dorm room because it's so reverberant like these ceilings are probably 12 feet high but the space isn't that big it's like a new dorm and there's a lot of just like hard surfaces so like any sound can be heard and it feels like i can't like let loose and I can't like really be like emotional in the space because like anyone you know even someone just walking down the hallway could conceivably hear me um and also yeah I'm like for some reason decided to graduate early because I'm taking like 19 credits and um I'm just going I'm going insane I don't know why I did this to myself yeah but yeah I'm nuts but they're kind of fun classes also it's um I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's not even a music, like, I'm not getting, like, a BM, like, a Bachelor of Music, and I'm getting a BA in music, so a lot of the music majors here, like, since it's such a rigorous program, they, like, they're just taking 19 credits by default all four years, like, because of um, their major, like, the people, I had to take piano, I had to learn piano, like, the first year of being here, and it was, like, that was a one credit class and I swear to God, I would be spending hours and hours like practicing, like trying to make sure that I would pass this class. Cause I had never really played piano before and I was reading stuff and it was like all new to me, like theory and reading and this new instrument. It was just like, but people are Damn, for one credit, yes, one credit. And then people are doing that here for like music education with like the flute. And then also they're learning trumpet and then they're learning piano and like, they're singing and it's like how are you guys still alive like I don't know how people have managed but um yeah I'm in a songwriting class now which is great because then that means like part of my time is dedicated to writing music um that's perfect for you yeah uh so hopefully I'll learn more but yeah yeah on the note of like the credits uh one of my coworkers is a music major over at Central Washington University, the college I go to in Washington, and he's taking six credits this like next quarter, but he's each one is it's I think 
four classes, but they're each like a full course. Like they're they're classes where he has to go each day and do like plenty of homework on it. But six credits versus I'm taking fourteen credits this next quarter, and I bet I have the same amount of work as it's. I don't know who decides. I think it's because like if a music major were to be taking, let's say they like allotted three credits for each of these classes, it's like all of a sudden a music major can graduate like way faster because then they meet the 120 requirement or whatever. But it's like, you guys are just evil. Like, just like, <laughs> let them have, like, let them like leave sooner because this is crazy. Um, it, yeah, I, I really, being around these people is honestly humbling and inspiring because um, I'm definitely not at the level as the majority of the people here. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Do you have resources, like, on campus to record with? Yes. Um, I have this, like, focus right in my dorm room that I can just, like, plug directly into my computer, plug my guitar in, and, like, get ideas out that way. But we also have a recording studio. I'm just not a sound engineering arts major, so I'd have to, like, reserve the room and, like, find, uh, they're called SEA majors, and they would have to, like, run the session and stuff. So I, like, could conceivably record here, um, but my, yeah, I have a drummer here. It just is, like, strange trying to, like, navigate the world of, like, having multiple musicians playing for you, even though it's, like, your thing. And it's like, I don't know who the band is. It's <laughs> just kind of myself. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would definitely, in terms of sound quality for music, would be great to record in a studio. Oh, yeah. But there is that you have to actually find and reserve it, which kind of cuts down on your the flexibility of it. Yeah, it seems like the studio here might have the capabilities for me. It's just a matter of... Like you said, like time um, and whatnot. So. Especially when you're busy. Yeah. Like with school. Like just finding time to do that is rough. Yeah. Sorry, there was a knock at the door. Anyway. Dorm. <laughs> Very loud dorms. Gonna, we're going to hear noises. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised my neighbors aren't walking around, honestly. Yeah, they, <laughs> Mark's apartment. That's it's a it's a frequent. Yes. It, oh, always... did I tell you I got a call from my landlords, and they were like, "Are you having any problems with your upstairs?" Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, no, cause I don't, don't want to like rat on them. You know what I mean? And they were just like, "We've got a." We've got intel that there's like six people living up there. That would make <laughs> that would make so much sense because you you will hear footsteps at all hours of the day. No, seriously, it's, this all is the hours. first time yeah. I've been here. It's quiet. Everything. Oh, I guess I do have headphones on. So yes, that, so yeah, so I guess that muffles. I guess it, hopefully it's not on the recording. But. Yeah, it's living in dorms not fun for that. Certainly, especially not. when you're trying to like have a quiet space to just write music i bet that's not with the inter, inter what's a good place for you to write music do you have like a safe spot like if you, if you had like an, an ideal place to just sit down and write what would it um be? probably my bedroom i like really value um interior design like i just need things like on the walls i don't know like my room is i've curated that space and there's like my you know, rugs and, like, my hi-fi system and all my 
cameras and like my stupid stuffed animals and like it's just a nice place for me to be so I feel very comfortable there um so I've tried to like mimic a little bit of that energy in the dorm um but honestly just like a small room like the room that I kind of had a couple years ago um with like a drum set and I could get like blankets and pillows and like just sit on the ground out there and it was like it was really nice, like, I felt very safe, um, I've had to kind of write, um, learn how to write with other people in the room also, because I have a roommate, um, but her name is Jess, and she's awesome, she's literally so sweet, so I cannot, everyone's like, oh my god, my roommate, but, like, this lady is so, she's also a singer, um, very different from me, she's, like, a classical, classically trained singer, and does, like, the choiry kind of voice um she's just but she's very sweet very supportive and I feel comfortable writing around her um which is honestly really surprising um because it's only like her and then uh, my boyfriend Wyatt that I've ever truly been able to write around maybe like my parents also because we just like have coexisted in the same space for so long but um yeah ideally to sum it up like a small enclosed room where no one can hear me, um, (laughs) ideally, so. Yeah, I mean, I was half expecting, like, a, you know, in nature, like, not, not like, in nature, but, like, just alone somewhere. Yeah, like, outside by, like, outside in the woods or something. By a river. In a room. By, like, a lake or something. The problem... I mean, it makes sense, though. The problem is Arizona has nothing beautiful. Like, I guess people are like, oh, the desert's so beautiful. But guess what? Like, nine months out of the year, it's hell on Earth to be outside. (laughs) And also, I'm not really... I'm just kind of bored by, like, dirt and cactus. Like, I I don't know. Like, it's hard for me. I think the desert can be beautiful, but there's not really, like, a casual, like... There's parks, but it's, like... I've seen the parks in New Jersey, and I'm like, holy shit, I could totally, like, bring a guitar, sit under a big tree, and, like, write out here. Like, that feels better, but, like, I'm just not used to it because I never had those opportunities um, before. So, definitely something to try before it gets too cold here. Oh, definitely. We talked about your biggest inspiration, but who's been, in your life, the biggest supporter of your career I guess um definitely my parents um which is really nice um it didn't like they've always like paid you know for my lessons and drove me there and drove me to gigs when I didn't have a license and um got you know every Christmas I would get like the thing I wanted like my birthday is December 21st so I would have a birth mass kind of thing and I um, my 13th mm. birthday, I got my Strat, which is, like, my favorite instrument of all time. And it just is, like, I still play it. And, um, yeah, so they've been really supportive. Um, my boyfriend, Wyatt, also, like, we started... He met me because he knew about my music and was, like, this album is, like, so beautiful. And I listen to it on the school, like, ride to school every day and, like, whatever. And it was just, like, a really kind person so um and also we were just like after that we became good friends whatever but he's always been super supportive and um when he is around because he's not in New Jersey but like 
we're going to a gig, like, he will pick up my, all of my gear and, like, help me carry it in, which is nice. Um, so I miss having uh, an honorary roadie when I'm over here, for sure. But, <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, my parents, uh, Wyatt, and then, like, probably my very dear friend, Livia. Um, she's drawn a lot of art for me. Um, and also it's just been like, we've been friends since I was 10. So she would like come to all my shows and like introduce me to this one place where I got like my stage fright taken care of. We were talking about that earlier, but there's this place in like the middle of nowhere, Arizona called The Loft. And it's no longer there, unfortunately, but I would play probably every weekend for like an entire summer um, to just like whoever was there. And it was just myself and my guitar and I like really got my songwriting or stage presence abilities sorted that way and that was just because Livia had met like this guy who also like owned the space um with his son so yeah she's definitely like big support for me and still continues to be to this day which is really wonderful that's awesome it's great that you've had just supportive people around you yeah. through your development of music. Yeah, I know a lot of people are like, my parents like never believed in me and I've clawed my way to the top. And it's like, that's I think that's cool too, obviously. I, but it's unfortunate because I, I am just like surrounded by people who, I not unfortunate, but silly because I'm just surrounded by people who love me. And yet I'm still like writing these like fucking depressing songs about like being alone or whatever it just is like stupid so um it's ironic yeah it's like i literally have the perfect life and everyone's like i can't get over it but um yeah being surrounded by people that love you just creates good music yeah Yeah. i guess that now that's a hot take usually you have to have some sort of trauma that will uh gotta have some breakup or heartbreak yeah, that's kind of the problem, I guess, nowadays, like, I was just thinking about this today, or, I've never been on TikTok until this summer, and the audience there is so strange, because they're, like, posting all the time about, like, I just want a, a boyfriend, or I'm so lonely, and I'm so depressed, and, like, all this stuff, and I'm just, like, I don't even know how to relate to these people, like, it feels... <laughs> It feels like shitty to say that. I'm like, you're on the wrong side of TikTok. I I know. I just am like, why is everyone so lonely on here? Like, I I don't know. But I've just been trying to like. It's the new dating. I don't know how to relate to people like that. I don't want to write like a breakup song. I feel like it's just been done so many times, and there's so much more to life than, like obviously relationships are a big part of that. But there's so much more yeah. you could talk about that I think hasn't. I covered. feel like you get a deeper meaning than just a regular breakup song yeah with yeah but i have i guess i have written those before but it's like it's silly (laughs) they're not released officially so sour is definitely like the breakup song um which is unfortunate it's called that because like olivia rodrigo has her whole breakup album called sour but i wrote that before yeah it came out (laughs) you get the credit you're the trendsetter yes it was stolen from me actually no yeah, it was. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> You're learning entertainment law. <laughs> you got the upper hand. Yeah. You got the upper hand. Well, she's probably got a oh, that's bigger right. pocketbook yeah. for <laughs> sadly. Yeah. 
I mean, I think what she's doing is pretty awesome. Like, I'm happy that, like, she has, like, a whole, like, female band and, like, is actually, like, has, like, instrumentation in her music. She's not, like, the average, I guess, the average in the past 10 years, like, pop star. But it's still painful. (laughs) It's still painful. Actual, yeah, the actual instruments definitely. It makes a difference, dude. there's, There's a big difference. A big difference when it's just all computerized. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, how long have we been doing this? An well, hour? Part of, part of that's, we haven't. <laughs> I got 50 course, yeah. minutes oh, yeah. and counting. Yeah. Hey, that's I, already. I, I had say. some. Oh, you got some? Oh. Where was it? <laughs> Hold on, spit it out. I had a thought and I lost it. You're talking about Olivia Rodrigo. That's and that's all. <laughs> oh, oh, TikTok. <laughs> so a lot of people now with TikTok being, like, there's a lot of popular artists making music almost specifically designed for TikTok to blow up and make them right. more popular. Have you thought about that at all? Probably. Not. I. But I've, honestly, like, I, I have been having a little bit of fun making TikToks, but they're not like. I don't know. I feel like a lot of the things are just not really my thing. Um, And I know this one artist that I love a lot named Sir Chloe, and she's, like, signed to the same label I'm distributed by, or was at some point. And, um, like, her song blew up, but I think she did it, like, unintentionally. I don't think she, like, purposefully was like, this is my outfit for this day of the week kind of thing, but it just like right. it just like random shit just blows up on there and it it really confuses oh, me yeah. um and i there definitely is just random oh yeah popping. like like you'll just be scrolling through tiktok and you'll find somebody with well now like a hundred thousand followers mm-hmm. but a week ago 50 yeah and they yeah. have a million yeah. views on this one Whoa. video that's just it's something dumb. It's and nuts. That happens with the music. Is somebody uses it and in, in and then the people right copy fashion. it and like then like the artist makes a shit ton of money. But it it is like really situational. And I've been trying to find like instead of making like quote unquote TikTokable music, I've been trying to just like almost look on there and be like, well, what is the common like human experience of the people on this app? And I guess it's that's a hard question to answer because like you know there's what a billion users so like that's a pretty large yeah. range of people but like just yeah. i guess experiences um common like i just kind of being on there really made me think about like what the normal human experience is like in this modern day era i know that sounds cheesy but it's like just no, <laughs> minute by minute scrolling from each video well, yeah I, it just is like dopamine. what are we all like dealing with right now and how can I translate that into a song that can be easily like not calculated in a way but just like empathetic to like people um which is kind of a a hard feat but I think now that I'm even thinking in that way that hopefully something will come out of it um because I just want people to feel something I was like listening to a podcast about um promoters um in the music industry and how they're saying like the live music experience is like more important now more than ever because we have all this like oversaturation of social media and stuff and you want those experiences those real life experiences and if there's a way to put that into a recorded or song format like that's like really all i could ask for as a as a writer 
Sounds like a good goal. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. What more could you ask? Yeah. With with the TikTok music thing, have you ever thought of making more like just you know comedical music? I guess I don't know. <laughs> like, like I want to be just, your basketball. Like <laughs> yeah, like just something that's not. Have you ever thought about making something completely different and more of a comedic set? Like there's comedy music. Yeah, like. I kind of do things, like, with a, like, everything I write, like, somehow is, has a, like, little bit of irony in it. I just, like, maybe not on purpose, but it just feels that way. Um, but, like, to make a satirical kind of song, I don't know if I would do that, but it's, like, I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to, like, ever take myself seriously. Like, the, a lot of people do, like, the lip sync stuff. I've done a couple of those videos, but it like makes me want to like throw up. Like I can't, like it's like, I don't know how people are out here like doing that, but like honestly more power to them because they can do it and I can, I like, I can't. And they, maybe that's like a missed um, opportunity for a billion views, but you know, I just, it's tough. Yeah. Definitely something to consider though. Be Definitely. the next Weird Al. <laughs> the next Weird Al. <laughs> Veronica Everard. Veronica Everard. I like that. You had to change the name if you're becoming Weird Al. Yeah. Veronica Everald. Oh,